competitors. Uh, oh my fucking many. god. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I would change the thing. Love you all. Am I to believe that this is real this time? <laughs> Tom Brady is actually signing off. Listeners, you've tuned in right as the news has been delivered. Tom Brady is fucking done. He's gone. And now we got a Geico commercial. This podcast is now sponsored by Geico. He's yeah. He's just standing. He was standing in like a standing on the highway. Looks like a public park somewhere. Yeah. Looked like he wandered away from home and got lost in like outside of Tampa somewhere. Somewhere in that like highway landscape that dominates I Florida. I know. There are, there really are, there are cars behind him, like, <laughs> and like the condo buildings, but like somehow too far in the distance. Like, where are you, Tom? Although that does describe the majority of Florida, doesn't it? Yeah, we just did it. Yeah. Tom, he's finally gone. Babe, what are your thoughts on this? I your think mother's going to be fucking My devastated. mother will be crushed. Um, I think it's Florida that did it to him. I mean, just, you know, yes, he went to Florida. He had the, that one Super Bowl win with the Bucks. Obviously, it should have ended there. But no yeah. Florida man can give up the going while it's That's good. That's true. They have to dig themselves further into the hole. <laughs> That's so true. That is a trait of a Florida man. He cannot quit while he's ahead. No. Ever. 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 For anything. So many and of the articles we read are like, if you would have just went home then... He's an addict just like the rest of them. Yeah, he is. That is so fucking funny. He literally did what all the other Florida men do, which is run down to Florida to go pursue your various <laughs> vices until they run you into the goddamn ground. It's what happened. He did. He went to Florida and <laughs> his life got destroyed. Fuck. His fucking hot wife left him. He started losing all the time. Yeah. His well, forehead got like even bigger His than it already was. Just elongated. he's got a Frankenstein forehead, man. He's got really a big, long forehead. His buccal fat got sucked in even more too. Buccal fat. <laughs> he looks a little gaunt. I'm not gonna lie. He well, he's old, man. He's 45. He doesn't have that baby fat. And he patting eats. His face he anymore. eats exactly like 312 calories every day too. You know <laughs> I what know. I mean? Yes, I know about this. And he like only drinks like. Eight, water that's been filtered eight times through different, oh like, God. pristine baby's diapers. <laughs> he also doesn't eat nightshades. This is, like, a big thing for nightshades? him. Nightshades? Oh, like tomatoes, tomatoes. and, like, potatoes and yeah. stuff? That was a fake thing that one of our friends who uh, is convinced that they have, what is it, Lyme disease? Chronic <laughs> Lyme disease? Yeah. That was undiagnosed by any blood tests. All the blood tests she ever got done by traditional Western doctors <laughs> weren't able to diagnose it. But then when she started going to a crystal healer now and started seeking alternative med confirmed medicine, confirmed Lyme disease. Yeah, they were like, oh, this, it's so plain and clear to see. It's been Lyme disease this whole time. Obviously, oh it's God. Lyme disease. Didn't the Bucks make it to the playoffs this year, though? I don't know, honestly. I think they did. I think all three Florida teams did. 
the Jaguars, the Bucks, and whatever the other one is. Damn. The Dolphins. That's amazing. Show out, Florida. That's I don't think that's great. ever happened before. It was like a big deal. And they all sucked pretty bad in the in the regular season. Did it felt really? like a weird fluke that they were all there. How, how did that's these funny. guys they get in They all like here? made like a last minute run yeah. and then hit the playoffs. Yeah. And then died, obviously. Yeah, and then died none of them are so quickly. Left. No. Damn. <laughs> that sucks. And then Tom Brady, <laughs> Tom Brady couldn't cope and he just... <laughs> He forest gumped. He just went out of his front door and just started walking. <laughs> I know. Now he's on the side of a highway posting videos. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if people are looking for him. I wonder what's going to happen with him and his wife. I wonder if they're going to reconcile. They're divorced. They're, no, they they're could. not going to fucking know. reconcile. I actually don't know if they're divorced. Divorce takes a long time, especially when you have a lot of money like they do. You can choose football over Giselle Bunchen one time. <laughs> one time. I hear you. And he already did it. It's not going to fucking happen again. Yeah. Um, listeners, we are sitting here in the absolute fucking frigid wasteland of Chicago right now. I'll you're tell you so what. I'm so glad you're not here. There are not enough degrees. Mm-mm. Somebody took all the degrees out of the air, and I need them to put them back. Somebody took all the degrees and gave them to nursing students. <laughs> gave them to nursing <laughs> students. Yeah. In Florida. And now they're all doing TikTok dances. I don't know about that. I'm talking about the, the the nursing license scandal. Oh yeah. Babe, do you want to talk about that? Did you do I, any research on no, it? No, I didn't do any research on it. I'll do I'll do it in a mini soda. I'm desperate to find out more. I just know what everyone else knows right now. I just know the highlights. Oh my god. That it was dude. like a fake yeah, organization that was just like, here you graduated. Good luck. Here's yeah, so license. there were a bunch of nurses out there that were pretending to have like legitimate like nursing licenses, but actually were not board certified by any legitimate like institution. So there's a bunch of fucking fake nurses in Florida. Like, I think like the number was in the like dozens. Like there were several dozen fake nurses all around Florida. I think it's way more than that now. Way more, like yeah, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Good so. God, <laughs> only only in our nation's greatest state. Yeah, it would only happen there. Yeah, that is. So I was gonna true. say, don't get sick and go die in Florida, but then I was well, like, that's what everybody everyone does. does that though. That's so. kind of what it's for. That's why every time we fly there, getting off the airplane takes like seventy minutes because, like the the f- entire front half of the airplane is a bunch of feeble people who can't walk. That's true. It's all all the wheelchairs all the way up the jet bridge. Yeah. It's true. And then some of them who really should be in wheelchairs decide to walk anyway for whatever like misguided pride they still have. And, and then they you're do stuck it directly in, the jet in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. stuck in the jet bridge with fucking like Oma and Opa in front of you. <laughs> escaped from Nazi Germany and are just shuffling their way up the jet bridge at literally a snail's pace. <laughs> and you don't want to be insensitive, but a little piece of your brain knows that you could knock them over and completely Easily. end their life. Like, Easily. you could totally, like, their hips would be just smithereens after you were through with them. You know, it's funny. The you last time them over like dominoes. we got off the plane in Sarasota, I had this really weird moment where I saw this group of guys, and I went, ugh. Like, really unfairly had, like, a shuddery reaction to them. Damn. And I was like, damn, was what the hell? You. I know. Mean and girl I, shit. I looked at the... Oh, relax. I looked at them a little <laughs> closer and I was like, I just am not used to seeing people that look that rough yeah. in an airport. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. Yeah, yeah. 
you don't see homeless people in an airport. You don't mm-hmm. see, you know, like you, it had you. It costs a lot of money to be. Can in an you airport. describe them in a little more detail? Just like for the listeners. Okay, looked like they hadn't showered. All of them. Yeah. Um, so matted like, hair, like greasy matted hair. white guys with like light complexions. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of ruddy and like. They've seen too much sun and their yeah. skin is starting to rebel on them. They all have strange facial hair. Like Str- they have like really strange facial hair. Like I was like, it was very, it was like forerunner facial hair. They like looked- if you, if you have a forerunner and you go mudding, that's the kind of facial hair yeah, we're talking yeah. about. But, but mismanaged as well. Yeah. Too um, long. Not weird. maintained. Yeah. Yeah. And their clothes were like Ill-fitting, so odd. Baggy, yeah. Brightly colored, but like mismatched totally and they had like long their hair was like long and like kind of all their haircuts were like all fucking over the place yeah like, all over the place like weird boxy like strange homemade haircuts yeah and then i was like those are the fucking amish kelsian exactly those Bigot, are the goddamn you mennonites see, i told you that was mean girl shit they can't choose their religion babe but it was weird. Or actually, they can because they were all on Rumspringa, and that's why they were dressed in normal clothes, <laughs> semi-normal clothes. True, but there was like some forty-year-olds there too. I know you can stay on Rumspringa as long as you want. You don't. It's not like you start when you're sixteen, but you yeah. don't ever really have to be off of Rumspringa. You can literally go on Rumspringa Forever. your entire life. You can move to New Jersey and become a clinical psychologist and like live a totally secular, normal life. And then come back when you're 96 years old and say, I'm back, and then die the next day, and you will have died an Amish person. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. Which is an interesting loophole. But I just had a thought. Maybe they were Mennonites. You know, I think they Mennonites were Mennonites. Mennonites have to follow the same rules. Exactly. Um, so Except they can, like, for board their an ugly haircuts and shitty facial hair. Yeah, apparently. why did they pick the worst rules? You could get, I'd get rid of that first. First. Those guys can have cell phones. Yeah. Literally, you can open up the camera and reverse it and look at yourself in the cell phone and go, holy shit. But they don't, clearly. They don't. No. Yeah, but it, sure. But it was strange because I see Amish people and Mennonites all yeah. the time in Sarasota. They're yeah. all over. Uh-huh. And I never have that reaction. It was just like was because, seeing them in pedestrian oh, well, clothes they, was babe, so strange. They've got to be Mennonites because Amish people aren't allowed to take a fucking airplane. airplane. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. 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 But they take the bus, the electric bus down from Ohio. It's not an electric bus. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Maybe it will be one day. <laughs> okay, they take the bus though. Yeah, they do. They do okay. take the bus down from like, Pennsylvania or whatever, yeah. wherever they come from. But maybe it's so like there are one loopholes. Of, it's a Flintstones bus. There's like a hole in the bottom, and they're all just like with their feet <laughs> running. Like, Actually, there's a curtain. That's how that apparently that's how they get through it. Is like they you put they, a curtain around the driver, and they're yes. like, I don't know what's happening up yes, there. Yes, I'm not kidding. They all get off the bus and go, Whoa, that's so weird. Yes. This is so weird. These horses that were this so happened. fast, I assume. Oh my God. <laughs> How did we get horses. here? There must have been like <laughs> a couple hundred horses. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I got a mole removed yesterday. Yeah, she did. It's kind of gnarly back there. It's really bad. And I'm, although it is about five degrees here in Chicago, I am sitting with my back toward a window and in a incredible twist of events, it's sunny out. Mm-hmm. So sunlight is really hitting <laughs> the hole 
where the mole used to be and was removed out of. Oh, you gotta you gotta explain. Like this wasn't a normal mole removal. They like had to dig it out, like really get like the roots and stuff. It was stuff. a minor surgery. Yeah, and normally they would have sutured it up, but literally I you told me yesterday your doctor was like, Yeah, you know, I don't really wanna do that. I don't need you coming back in here again. <laughs> so yeah. she took a fucking cautery iron and just went dzz, 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 on it, and now you've got like a black crater in the back of your head. It's He's pretty crazy. The truth. I mean, it's it's like a socket. It is. It's a socket, and Kelsey Ann is afflicted with this very particular phobia called trypophobia, where you are literally just afraid of random sockets, like series of holes that appear to be organic in nature. Oh, you guys! Really upset, Kelsey Ann. Look at like a dried lotus flower or like honeycomb. I mean, tell me that's not the grossest thing you've ever seen. That's what it's named after. Trypophobia. No, I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tripe is absolutely grotesque. Hexagonal sockets. Disgusting. Made out of meat. I don't even want to talk about it. And I have a hole in the back of my neck now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good thing you can't see it. You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, I have no idea. I know it's charred. (laughs) (laughs) Could you smell? No, I I was purposefully trying to smell the what burning flesh smelled yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, just I knew to you know. Were sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't. I was a little disappointed. A little disappointed. Yeah. That smell is burned into my memory. I um, I have observed surgeries before where they've used a cautery iron, and it's just like, it's just completely seared into my fucking brain. Yeah, I wanted literally. That. Yeah, it's seared. the smell of fucking searing flesh. It's crazy. Yeah. What does it smell like? Just electric burning. It's bad. Like when you almost have an electrical fire in your house. Like when the socket that something's plugged into starts to like die and you have to unplug it. Not quite. Okay. But, you know, maybe you'll get there one day. <laughs> I don't. My you wife. You know, on second thought. <laughs> my fucking wife sitting here in a chair opposite me with her fat pregnant tits. <laughs> And my child swimming around at her belly is like, I really want to smell burning flesh. <laughs> this is who I've tethered myself to hmm. in holy matrimony. Well, you knew what you were getting into. Holy holes. Matrimony full of holes. Sockets. Gross. So I'm going to tell you about a neighborhood today. I think I know which neighborhood you speak So surprised of. we haven't done this topic yet. It's it looms large in my psyche, and it is what Nathan. Well, it's a place that could only happen in Florida, and it is a just like just a consummation of Floridian culture. And if I'm correct, you have spent the past week researching celebration. Yes, correct. right. The neighborhood constructed by Disney Corporation mm-hmm. in order to create a dream of American suburbia. In which people could go and live a Disney-fied life. Is yes. that correct? Yes, Nathan. Good job. Excellent. Good job. Boom. You know, we often speak of pipelines on this show. And I just want to mention that like Tom Brady, um, <laughs> this story has a Florida to California pipeline. In fact, and, and, and let me just clear this up. That's the darkest pipeline that we know of. Yeah, it's true. There are several. There are lots of pipelines to and from Florida, mm-hmm. pumping mostly pumping elderly state. people in. Sure. Or like general like ragtag runaways in, mm-hmm. but sometimes pumping things like 
sexy children out. Out, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where you run into trouble, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is California to Florida, because Walt started in California, and it's going back to California. So we got a California idea that ripened in Florida and then was sent back where it, from whence it, it came. It ripened and it rotted. In Florida, in Florida. yes, great. And they tr- they're going to try to revive it back on the soil, ah. <clears throat> excuse me, of California. So let's get into it, babe. Okay, so the reason I wanted to do this episode now is because I ran into an article that actually I had read about a year ago, but I ran into it again, and that's that the Walt Disney Company announced that they're planning a new residential community called Story Living by Disney. Story Living mm-hmm. by Disney. Wow. And my first thought, obviously, is like, have they learned nothing from the past? You right. Know? Like, what, what on God's green earth could possess them to strike again on this concept? They've done it. They tried. It's called Celebration Florida. It failed. Okay, move on. We don't need to do this again. But they are. So this time, they're building a Disney utopia in the Coachella Valley of California. Okay. Um, which is essentially like the greater Palm Springs area. I guess uh, specifically in Rancho Mirage. A place that I've, I've always said people should not live. There's no reason. I mean, unless you were like some of the original inhabitants of that area who were like loose bands of Native Americans <laughs> who were basically like scrounging for insects in between the rocks and like, you know, fucking bashing lizards over the head. Like they're just to eke out and scrape out a meager survival in that harsh, arid, horrific landscape. Um, there, there's no reason that we should be there. And yet in def- utter defiance of God, um, there have been entire cities and like golf courses and like cities purely for rich people from Los Angeles to come and like spend a couple of afternoons like getting wasted by the pool and being spritzed from like tubes in the in the goddamn like awnings at their hotel so, like a, a place that should not exist and so to hear that Disney is building a place which should not exist on top of a place that should not exist it's only fitting, you know what yeah. I mean? It's already a fantasy. Yeah, it's called, the town's called Rancho Mirage. Rancho Mirage, it's <laughs> literally insane. a fantasy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Okay, so Nathan, so, I sent you the website, storylivingbydisney.com. Story I want living. you to take a look at it and just kind of tell oh, tell our listeners what's going on there. Unbelievable. Well, it's a very like chic, kind of like modern, you know how like every like cool company has like, sort of retro chic vibes lately. It's got like a nice 1970s mm. stylish font. Yeah. But like also um, like animations of diverse families doing very like domestic activities. Like a there's a black grandfather and grandson baking a cake together. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of done in like this minimalist style Asian too. couple embracing a white couple having a wine party in their backyard. Presumably when it's not 115 degrees outside. Right. Um, I just think this like minimalism versus maximalism thing is interesting on this website because for for Celebration, they really went maximalist. Mm -hmm. They went things, you know, like material things and it was colorful and it was like 
the dream was big. And mm-hmm. I think now they're marketing to millennials, frankly, who are yeah, yeah. buying houses for the first time. And so they want, you know, well, they, they want all the diversity and all of that, at least on the brochures, if not in real life, which they might not, but they at least want to see it in the brochures. And then, but they also want this like slick, neutral grays and beiges and creams, like minimalism. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like what millennials have. But like luxury minimalism. Luxury minimalism. But that contrasts so greatly in my mind with like what Disney well, is. Well, yeah, but because Celebration was built in like the 2000s, right? Like the, the Iraq war era or yeah. even before that. Okay, yeah. so the 90s, like the that whole end of history Eric, mm-hmm. like when this the Cold War is over, like Reaganomics still in full swing, so much so that Bill Clinton basically took Reaganomics and turned it into a democratic thing. Uh, we got the tech bubble, we got you know, fucking everything's like bright colors and loud and flashy and poppy and very like saccharine. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that Disney was doing exactly that because Disney's like a culture maker, they're at the forefront of all this mm-hmm. stuff. But now, yeah, now you can see in Story Living by Disney, um, which, by the way, touts itself as um, life inspired by the world-famous Disney placemaking, which famously, we must remind ourselves in this moment, is a facade with nothing behind it. Yeah. Right? Main Street USA is not an actual functional town. It is a bunch of fronts of buildings with emptiness behind them there's no people living there no there's only gift shops and restaurants there's no fucking town you know so like if you were to take main street usa and get rid of all the people you know or get rid of all the the characters that are hired by disney and replace it with a like an actual community of people it would like fall apart in a couple of days because it doesn't have the resources. It doesn't have the abilities to like be a functioning town. No. Like it's completely divorced from reality, which I imagine is probably what led to the downfall of Celebration, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk about Celebration. Then. Sure. So one thing that I know for sure that Disney has learned from is that they've actually contracted out the building and selling of these properties in Rancho Mirage Uh to a company called DMB Development. So hopefully that is a signal that they're ready to do things a little differently uh, and to be done better than Disney's first town. Um, But yeah, yeah. Celebration Florida was an offshoot of Walt Disney's biggest and brightest dream. Okay. Yeah. This is a dream that Walt had that was more central to his philosophy than the theme parks or any animated film he ever made. Right. He was a global futurist. He was like obsessed with urban planning and like creating the perfect society. Right. Right. And we're going to talk like in depth about his vision of the future and how it relates to celebration yeah but let's just start by saying nothing went according to plan yeah (laughs) so um disney's most celebrated housing development disaster celebration florida Mm -hmm. quote there once was a place where neighbors greeted neighbors in the quiet of summer twilight where children chased fireflies and porch swings provided easy refuge from the cares of the day 
The movie house showed cartoons on Saturday. The grocery store delivered. <laughs> and there was that one teacher who always knew you had that something special. Remember that place? Okay, that's verbatim. That's so fucked up, From dude. the town's original sales oh brochure in 1996. It sounds like he's he's trying to describe like like Mark Twain's Missouri, right? Like Hannibal, Missouri. That sounds like what he's trying to evoke. Here. Yeah. It I sounds mean, like he's really trying to evoke a time before black people and women had any rights it in It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the good old days? But Creepy. it never fucking existed. Guess what your ancestors actually were? They were they were under the boot of the fucking like agriculturalists of the South just as well, not just as much. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. But they lived they were um hmm. they were barely scraping by. They they were barely surviving. They were dirt fucking poor. And the the people who ran society in the the antebellum South fucking looked down on them like trash. They they made sure that those people thought that they were just better enough than the slaves, um, to keep them fucking hating one another. So they didn't. So band that they together. didn't fucking band together mm-hmm. and revolt and fucking tear off the heads of all the people who own the plantations, which is what they should have all been doing in the first place. Yeah, they did it in Haiti. They Pretty did cool. do it in Haiti to great effect, mm-hmm. um, but then you know they ran across all the fucking colonial European powers were like, "Oh, you can't do that," and so they <laughs> yeah. intentionally like walled off Haiti and made sure that it stayed poor and didn't didn't ever prosper the way that it should have. You know what I mean? Yeah, not not a Disney happy ending, not a fairy tale ending. On definitely that one. not. Um, Okay, so Celebration, simply, <laughs> is a master-planned community. That's what it's called. Um, Say it, it again, babe. <laughs> a master-planned yeah. community. Yeah, um, You're not allowed to say master bedroom anymore, by the way. Right, that's true. Mm-hmm. But that's stupid, though, because it was never, like, master bedroom was not, like, the bedroom, like, where the slave master sleeps. I thought it just meant like the master of the, the house. The biggest, it was the biggest bedroom in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Lord's bedroom. The Lord's bedroom. Lord of this house. Yes. Um, okay. Yes. So, the Celebration room. was designed to be an entire town built, owned, and operated by the Walt Disney Company. Celebration is in Osceola County, Florida. It's a suburb of uh, Orlando. It's mm-hmm. literally called celebration florida mm-hmm. and now listen i'm gonna be using alternatively alternately is i think what i meant present tense and past tense just go with it it's because it was supposed to be a thing it still is a thing it still does exist but there are times when was is called for anyway okay. so i'm sure we'll follow it sits on uh 4900 acres of land in the southern portion of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, yes. which we've talked about on this pod oh, before. Yes. Um, Reedy Creek, as some of An our listeners may know. An area of land know. carved out by the CIA and yeah. the FBI and the Disney Corporation in secret, which basically then seceded from the state of Florida and, and deemed itself Disney Town. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Disney's governmental arm, basically, yeah. and they can do whatever they want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney's initial investment into the property was $2.5 billion. The town itself is connected to Walt Disney World 
via um, one of its primary streets, one of its primary arteries. It's called World Drive, mm-hmm. which begins near Magic Kingdom. Uh, Magic Kingdom is an eight-minute drive, so that'll give you some perspective. Wow. Uh, its utility companies are all Disney-owned, Smart City Telecom, and Reedy Creek Energy Services. Jesus Christ. Uh, they're the only ones that are allowed to provide service to the town. Of course. And Disney broke ground on this property in the summer of 1996. Yeah. So. And that was, so 1996, and it cost $2.5 billion with a B. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you can just. Yeah. You adjust just, uh, for inflation times there. four or five that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, now, Nathan, if you had to guess mm-hmm. what former Disney CEO took a particularly keen interest in this project and broke ground under his tenure. I would guess that that would be um, famously inept CEO Michael Eisner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. It couldn't have been any other way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So Disney CEO Michael Eisner took an especially a keen interest in the development of this new town in the early days, encouraging the executives at the Disney development company to quote, make history and develop a town worthy of the Disney brand and legacy. So Michael Eisner oversaw, by the way, like the golden age of Disney films. I know. He's like, he gets a bad reputation, but his bad reputation basically starts when he begins interacting with the real world. (laughs) Like, as soon as he leaves cartoons and he starts interacting with real life, then things start to, like, take a tumble. And this was, like, he opened Euro Disney, which was, like, a huge flop. Yeah. And he fucking, uh, what else did he do? Like, he oversaw the park suffered during his time. Oh, suffered tremendously. Uh, He opened several, several rides that were absolute Flops. Bombs. Disasters. Disasters, yeah. yeah. He oversaw the building of this fucking failed, like, suburb. Yeah. Right? Now, um, I, I gotta interrupt myself real quick. Does this suburb still exist? Are there still homes there? Do people live there? Yeah, like, I said that. That's why I'll be saying is and was right. interchangeably. Right, I understand. Like, yeah, it you exists. You said is and was, mm-hmm. but, like, okay, so... But what it was is very different from what it is now. I see. I understand. It it went through a metamorphosis, and now it's something quite different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. where did we start off then? Okay. So um, Disney company executives collaborated extensively with leaders in education, health, and technology, in addition to planners and architects to create the vision of this town and the way it would operate in the world. A simultaneous, and this this gets to the heart of Disney, Right. And to the heart of like Florida in a lot of ways, it is a fantasy of both the past and the future at the same time. Yes. Yes. They're well trying put. to innovate a community that is based on an like idea a of dream the past. of the past, mm-hmm. a fantasy of the past that never really existed. All right. So I'm going to describe the town for you. Mm-hmm. This is a quote from one of our articles. I'll cite all the sources below. Celebration was built to be a small town, idle built. See, I don't like that sentence. That's not that's not constructed well. Let me try it again. Celebration was built to be a small town idol, built to the mm-hmm. Disney Corporation's lauded high standards. Mm-hmm. It would be imbued with nostalgia for prelapsarian America, and it would capture the sense of community that Walt Disney spent his whole life trying to distill, bottle, and sell. Yep, absolutely. I just felt but like that went right to the heart of it. Absolutely. Disney's... What did it say? Disney's famous uh, standards? Yeah. Okay, standards of what? 
decoration decoration fucking decoration mm-hmm. not standards of fucking like and story masonry not fucking standards of like infrastructure no standards of decoration and story no. yeah yeah okay. and not reality yeah no yeah fiction that's that's what they do so mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. so um you know and that it's the knitting together of that like reality and fantasy but heavy on the fantasy light on the reality like so finely that you can't see the seams. That's like what made the Disney parks so famous. I mean, that's yeah. what makes them what they are in America, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was initially like that same promise to merge real life with dream life, uh, you know, real life with Disney magic that first made Celebration Florida so desirable and so successful. Yeah. So in 1995, before the crew even broke ground, Disney held a lottery for the opportunity to buy, to buy. Yeah. The first 474 homes, which kind of confuses me. I don't, what, why such a specific number? Do you think that was like exactly half that they were going to initially, like, this is a weird number. I, I don't know, babe. I'm anyway. sure there's a reason. 5,000 wannabe celebration residents clamored to be a part of it. Like, people were freaking out about this idea. Of course, because Disney has created a generation of fucking freaks that we talk about in our adult Disney episode who literally want to live within 10 minutes' drive of the parks. They they want to live there because they can't get enough of it. Yeah. Like, what? what, it, it blows my fucking mind. Just move to Orlando. You don't have to live in Disney World. We're going to talk about a guy who has that exact fantasy. So, quote, Dave Rudgers was one of the lucky bidders. He still lives in the townhouse that he won. There you go. Like many of the first generation of residents, he is, by his own description, a, quote, Disney freak. Yep. As a child, he was a mouseketeer, spending his afternoons watching the Mickey Mouse Club on TV. Mm -hmm. Those programs, they were like a prolonged commercial for a place like Celebration. I guess I was brainwashed, he says. You were, exactly. He, he knows, but he doesn't know. And also, like, he's ta- he, people who are this obsessed with Disney cannot divorce themselves as adults from their, their feeling of childhood. They, like, there's something so, so drastic and bleak about adulthood to them that they have to dive back with their every fiber into this like imagined you know feeling that they had when they were a child but guess what the fucking world wasn't more simple when you were a kid and it wasn't more beautiful and it's being a living in disney world will not solve your problems you know what i mean just because you enjoyed being a mouseketeer yeah yeah, so they ask him why he was so drawn to living here, besides yeah. the brainwashing part. And he says, I think it was because the way Disney does things. You knew the parks and streets would be clean, the grass cut, all the houses would look the same. Right. It would be family-oriented, <laughs> and everything would work just right. A lot of people wouldn't like to live in that sort of place, but for me, Rudkers throws his arms up out wide and looks to the sky. For me, well... It's the great Mickey in the sky. Oh, my God. This guy, put this guy on a Dilaudid drip immediately. (laughs) Like, this guy, literally, he's like, I must, I need to be anesthetized. Like, reality is so irregular. It bugs me so much how irregular and, like, real reality is. I need to live in a Disney dreamscape. 
And I'll pay like however much it costs to do so. Overly popular to call people autists, but like, do you think this is some sort of autism? <laughs> I don't think so. I think there might be a bit of an autism, like a, a spectrumish element to certain people who are obsessed with Disney, but I don't think that's what this is. I literally think that there are a generation of people, and that it's not, it's not pathology. What I'm saying is that modernity was in America was created at least in part by Walt Disney. Like the way that the impact that this man in this company had on American media and therefore culture and therefore people's fucking brains in the way that they operate in real life um, cannot be overstated. He was a fucking anvil that got dropped into our country's sense of self. And so there was an, like, what he did was a precursor to what the internet is doing to everybody's brains now. He made it, he made this dream so powerful. And he, he reinforced this, like, idea that you should be living in this fantasy world that doesn't exist, can't exist, and never really did exist. That it made people lose their fucking heads. This guy, I think, could have been a normal dude. But he has to have the, the fucking fantasy. He can't live without it. Yeah. I was you know? referring less to um, someone on the spectrum loving Disney and more to oh. an aversion to irre- irregularity. irregularity. Yeah. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely a part of like spectrum, spectrum symptomology for yeah. sure. But like, you know, I, I, I sense something different in this guy. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. So... Yeah, but he wanted to, you know, take Disney's glossy, like, perfect make-believe vision of life and, like, they pumped that into his television and then he had to make that his reality. Yeah. It started as television. Yeah. And he made the television his real life. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, like, real life, the television. That's what I'm saying. Like, this guy just needs to be anesthetized. Yeah. That's what he wants because life is so... Like, literally living in a town, like, an actual town, you know, where people can do whatever, and it's not all pretty, and it's not all, like, you know, manicured, and, like, the houses don't all look the same, and everybody's grass isn't just so, you know what I mean? And it doesn't look like, you know, 1913 in small town, you know, upstate New York or whatever. Um, it's it's too scary. It's too, too irritating. Large. Yeah. It's too large. Yeah. He mm-hmm. wants to live in the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. So various new classical architects participated in the design of these buildings. Yeah. Um, I don't know these people, but yeah. apparently they're very well-known, very famous architects. So mm-hmm. downtown Celebrations Post Office was designed by Michael Graves. Okay. The adjacent Welcome Center by Philip Johnson. The Health Building by Robert A.M. Stern. And other well-known architects designed nearby buildings, and these include Charles Moore, Graham Gund, Cesar Pelli, Robert Venturi, and oh, Denise I know, Scott I know Brown. Pelli, Pelli, that name, Pelli Clark Pelli. Yeah, that anyway, sounds like an apparently they're renowned. Urban. So yeah. Disney really like went for the best of the best, mm-hmm. and you know they had very high hopes. Yeah, I'm sure those were huge, fucking massive contracts yeah. for all those people too. Like, oh, two point five. Bill to make a suburb? Are you kidding me? So the planners that I mentioned above Mm -hmm. chose the most picturesque southern towns to model celebration after. Southern towns. I know, right? Yeah. 
Savannah, Charleston, uh-huh, uh-huh. my personal favorite, New Orleans. Um, Man, I do love New Orleans. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. This borrowed inspiration um, can be seen everywhere in the town, like mm-hmm. the town square, mm-hmm. verandas, gabling, mm-hmm. um, front porches. You know, this is the type Fucking of like Boston ferns hanging yeah, in pots. And quote stuff. unquote, yeah. like Southern charm, old world. Again, mm-hmm. old world. Like, yeah. We don't want to go back there, no. especially not in the South. Now, I will admit the architecture is pretty to look at. That's oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. As long as everybody living in it has equal <laughs> rights, that's yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are only six housing styles permitted on the property, and they come in a limited range of colors. You can choose, well, and you can't just choose any of these colors, they come in its exact shade as well, right? White, yeah. blue, yellow pink mm-hmm. and buff buff yeah and they're mostly pastels nice yeah um each house was to be a different design than its neighboring house so you couldn't have two of the same houses yeah. next to one another but it was like how you could used to buy houses out of the sears catalog yeah you, know, like you that. had like seven that you could choose from and yeah basically the same yeah. yeah so residents are permitted to only use certain Colors of curtains as well, if they're facing the street, right? Okay, um, yeah. They had to keep their lawn maintained at a certain height. Yep. And they even dictated the type of plants that they could grow in their yard. There was oh like God. a list of plants that you yep. were allowed to grow, and yep. that was it. Yep, makes um, sense. Yeah. And it, and, well, it's and, like an entire city created by one HOA. Exactly, exactly. And they put the all of these HOA like little the mayor too. <laughs> edicts into something that comes up a lot when talking about celebration, which is called the pattern book. Um, okay. And they forced residents to buy it. Yeah. And it was a book that had 160 pages of regulations that residents were expected to follow Great. to the yeah. letter. It was like a style manual. This Now, all of a sudden, the fucking fantasy is starting to unravel because as a citizen of Celebration, you are now under the thumb of the Disney Corporation, which means that you are no longer just a patron. You are a fucking citizen of their town, which means they're going to start treating you like they treat their employees, which is... With exacting standards. And famously shit. Yeah, exactly. And famously shitty attitudes. Um, That's right. So the downtown, I guess, of Celebration, or the town square, um, contains, you know, shops, restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, All, I'm sure, owned by one company? Or was it like free enterprise? You could... Um, that is such a good question, Nathan. I don't know. Could someone like go, I'm going to open a small business and buy like a, buy a storefront in I Celebration? I think now they can. But at the time it was like, it's like living in a ski resort. Yeah. Or like a, any resorts. Like yeah. everything, it's, you might get the illusion of difference and choice, but really it's all just flowing to, to the, the same, same thing. Pocket. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well as... 106 residences. Yeah. Um, it has six Christian churches. Six? And one Jewish congregation, which I wonder how Walt would feel about that. <laughs> Not great, <laughs> probably. Um, Wait, it's fucking, there's seven religious centers for 106 homes? Yes. What are there, like, five people going to each church? <laughs> this is crazy. Know. I don't know. Oh, they, they built apartments and stuff, too. I think this okay. is, like... Full houses, 106. Got but it. Still, okay. it can't. It's How too many, many people churches. Live there? Okay? Yeah, it's a shit ton of churches. Um, Although this was like, like we said, the end of history era. That was the, you know, televangelist, 
bordering. We were almost at the the George W. Bush era. Mm. Yeah. So celebrations separated into areas referred to as villages, right? The main village closest to downtown is where the first homes were constructed. Okay. And the villages are like subdivisions kind of sprawl out from there. Um, there's a Disney clubhouse with like a gym. It's just normal stuff, to be honest. Like a yeah, gym, well, a pool. Stuff you need. Well, yeah. Like, but nothing crazy. Like, yeah. Um, they well, have you're a, saying like the, the draw isn't that big after all. Yeah, I just, if I was going to live in a company town, the amenities would have to be outrageously good. Right. You know? Yeah. And they just like, even in 1996, they weren't. It's like, okay. Hmm. Um, They have a movie theater on on campus, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, it is basically Um, a campus. They have a hospital. Okay. A spa. Okay. A few banks. A -hmm. public library. Two public schools, a K through eight oh, and a and Disney a celebration schools. high school. Oh, that's really fucked up. We're gonna get there. Oh man. Plus a private Montessori Academy, the Montessori Academy of Celebration, which is also K through eight. Wow. Um there's also like a couple of parks, including a dog park, and there's a hotel. Hmm. So let's get to some weird rules. Okay. So in the beginning, there was a rule that every house must have a hidden Mickey Mouse somewhere on their private property. Ugh, okay. Which is so weird. I mean, I get if it's like supposed to be like tongue in cheek or whatever. No, but it's, but it's like, like forcing residents to subliminally message to exactly, one another. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. There's going to be no matter where you look, you're seeing Mickey. Yeah. Even if you don't know you're seeing him. And they're forcing residents to be a part of that crime. Like it's not Disney putting up the Mickeys. It's Disney forcing People, average residents, to put up the Mickey's to put a for Mickey one another. On their fucking property. It's so weird. What do you do? Like, f- like get the the lawn guy to like carve it into your grass. I think that's or one like, of them. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, another weird thing is that there's like shopping center style music, like soft jazz and like big band. No, the 40s there's and music 50s. like just being pumped out. Yes. Where everywhere. Like in your lawn? Like playing from hidden speakers inside of palm trees. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Not kidding. This is what I'm saying. It's anesthetics. The whole fucking town is like being on Dilaudid. Yeah. Or like fentanyl. You're just fucking floating. And what's even creepier is besides the Muzak, which I read that word spelled that way in a bunch of these articles and I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. It's a. It was a thing. It's like Muzak was like an entire catalog of just Ugh. standard music to play in a mall. That's oh, like God. not to Anything. one thing or another. <laughs> it's yeah. literally just like designed to make you a good shopper. Wow. Isn't wow. that crazy? Well, yeah. they're doing that in celebration. And Ooh. other trees have speakers installed to play never ending bird song. Never ending bird song. <laughs> oh just my like God. tweet, 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 tweet. But fake. Like it's not real. But so if they're if in the guidebook they literally are forcing their citizens to do subliminal messaging to one another. Imagine what kind of subliminal messaging they're, is going on in the bird the speakers. I know. <laughs> what were they playing in the bird speakers? <sighs> dude, I don't even want to know. It'll make oh me too sad. Oh my god, dude. Um, in winter, uh-huh. Disney would put fake snow on the rooftops. They also installed a, okay, an ice thank skating you. rink. 
with fake snow falling from the trees made oh, out of like great. paper and water. Yeah, I moved to Florida for to be for everything to be fucking covered in snow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Quote, the town center is steeped in that Disney aesthetic, the art of deception. The 40-foot Christmas tree has plastic needles. The ice rink in the central square is a sheet of white plastic. Yeah. At first glance, the snow that falls on the hour every hour in winter evenings looks as convincing as fake snow could until you realize the artifice is double layered. It's not artificial snow, but shaving cream. Mm. Spend enough time in an environment like this and you could become seriously paranoid. Is that snow on the roof fake snow or is it cotton wool? Has the gaggle of ducks waddling across the street been put there for show yeah exactly is the sign by the man-made lake that says is it it is a violation of florida law to feed or harass alligators genuine or an elaborate joke literally yes usually you see a sign that says molest the alligators please do not <laughs> is molest that true the that's a yeah. little piece of florida culture you're dropping yeah yeah that's funny i like that and you're always like <laughs> molest i'm gonna molest that alligator come here alligator come here. bring that alligator <laughs> pussy over yeah, here exactly yeah exactly. Come here. So now let's talk Walt's grand vision, right? So I told you what celebration was intended to be mm-hmm. when they embarked on the project under Michael Eisner in 1995. Just vaporwave anesthesia. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Just the, the 90s mall suburban aesthetic with a tinge of historic Americana yep. from the time when black people couldn't vote or do anything. Yep. Yep. Um, all that stuff. Or Jews. Well, <laughs> or women not, or yeah, fucking anybody. Yeah. We know what Walt would say. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. This was his idea. Celebration is Walt Disney's idea, but not in the way that you might think, okay? Yeah. We're going to talk Epcot. Mm-hmm. Epcot is how it all started. Epcot stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Yep. It was Walt's final wish and his last project Mm -hmm. before his death from cancer in 1966. Yep. The thing he spent his time and last mental faculties on when he had already been diagnosed with lung cancer and knew for a fact he was dying. The thing that he will expect when his head is revived from the deep freeze. Exactly. (laughs) And attached to whatever cybernetic fucking body that we've that Disney scientists have been inventing underground for the past exactly. fifty years. Um, so we talk about this in our previous Disney episodes. Epcot that you see today, which is like a, a fun, interesting thing to do with your family, where you sort of tour the different cultures of the world, yeah. and they have a little patronizing show about each one mm-hmm. um, and how like nice it is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's basically like it's a small world, but, but for the adults. whole park. For yeah, adults. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you can drink there, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, but there's this big geodesic ball in the middle mm-hmm. of it. But like that was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a community. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be celebration before celebration was ever celebration. Yeah. And it was the it was the lasting dream of Walt Disney to not just create cartoons mm-hmm. and a cartoon theme park, but a literal cartoon reality for people to live in. Yes. And I I read this description of Walt somewhere and I think you would love it. Um it says Walt Disney was a conservative obsessed with progress. Yes, that's exact. That's what I said. I know, a ago. I know. That's why I thought of that's you. That's exactly right. Yeah, he was. He was a conservative obsessed with progress, much like Adolf Hitler. 
They had a lot of things in common. Um, so in I guess 19- he had more in common with Joseph Goebbels, actually. Yeah, probably. But anyway. Um, in 1966, Walt Disney released a 25-minute video, which you can watch, by the way, the full video on oh YouTube. Oh, my God. We have to watch. Laying out plans for what he dubbed the Florida Project. Ah. That would mm-hmm. be a theme park. We all know this. Much like Disneyland in California. Uh, which was already a great success. Mm -hmm. But this would be on a much grander scale with much more space and with CIA backing. They don't say that in the the promotional video. But it's true nonetheless. um, So he's standing in front of this like wall of childlike looking maps, like prop maps, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like prop like plans, like architects drawings that are obviously just like, fake like it's not the real this is not where this is all going down it's like a set Mm -hmm. um and he and he like rattles off all these progressive ideas for disney world including um an airport of the future uh 1000 acre industrial park right and a high-speed transit system Mm -hmm. um but at the heart of everything disney explained was a town the experimental prototype community of tomorrow or epcot This would be, as Nathan said, a town of the future. And Walt expounded that it wouldn't just be a town of the future, but it would be a model for all of the coming towns of America. That this was, that he's inventing a type of town that then all other towns would model themselves on. It's just like when you dig into Walt's plans for like his perfect community, there's like a level one of learning about it where you're like, oh, cute. Like Like he he wanted wanted to make a town. Yeah, his own little town with like fancy gadgets and stuff. Right, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. And then like level 10 is like, oh my God, he wanted to be the king of his own totalitarian dictatorship yes, in the middle exactly. of Florida. Exactly. <laughs> he wanted to make a separatist state in Florida that was like a like a fucking modernist like techno techno state. I know. It's amazing that he didn't like try and make a military. You know what it, I mean? Or well, a police Well, I mean, force. I think that well, he does have his own police force and I think that it, still today, yeah. Reedy Creek has its own police department. That's not Orange County Police. It's right, totally right. Disney-owned police. It's their own jurisdiction. Um, huh? And I'm sure he would have gone a lot farther with that if his Epcot had actually fucking become God, a reality. Um, and there's a, such an insane fucking there's a figure great in American history. YouTube video about Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's from a channel called Defunct Land. So if you guys want to look at that, I give this channel mad props for the work that they do on like theme park related things. Yeah, it's, it's a called great channel. Walt Disney's City of the Future Epcot by Defunct Land. Very good. So Rick Fogelsong, a Disney watcher of long standing at Rollins College in Florida, um, calls it the Vatican with mouse ears. He says, Walt Disney was an authoritarian. Yes, he was an artist, but he was also a control freak. People tend to see Disney's creativity, but they often miss the centralized control that lies behind it. Mm-hmm. And Disney definitely like had this sort of messianic like desire for total control. Self-image, right? too, yeah. Oh, yeah, that he too. Called, he was like Uncle Walt, right? Like he wanted all of his, all of his employees... I mean, forget forget all the people who came to his theme park or like watched his movies. Like he wanted all of his employees to look up to him as like a like a father figure, yeah. basically. Yeah. And you know, we see that 
that totalitarian sort of impulse even today because, you know, he persuaded the local Orlando authorities to grant him absolute power within the borders of his empire when it was being built as the Florida Project. And, you know, including like ability to raise taxes and run the roads and public amenities like exactly the way they wanted to without having to pay any taxes Uh and creating this private Disney government. And guess what? That still fucking exists. Exactly. That was a thing recently. Ron DeSantis, when he was like, you know, uh, because Disney now is like the same like evil octopus that spreads its arms through every like inch of American media and culture. You know, it's got money, more money than you can even possibly imagine. Um, But it's still the same thing, but it's taken on, you know, the politics of the day because, you know, it needs to hide in plain sight. Octopuses are great camouflagers, by the way. They were in support of uh, the overturning of the don't say gay bill, Mm -hmm. which is ostensibly, that's good politics. Mm -hmm. We, We like that. We don't like the don't say gay bill. It's crazy, like, fucking culture war bullshit that Ron DeSantis is trying to pull. But that was that was at the crux of a fight that they were having. Disney was like, "We don't support the don't gay don't say gay bill," and we're being very vocal about it. Ron DeSantis says, "Fuck you! Like you live in my state, basically. Like you do what I tell you to." And guess and what? You don't pay taxes. Exactly. So fuck you. That's what I was saying. Yeah. He was threatening to revoke their special status as like a and like an outside community that doesn't have to pay taxes, yeah. which was established all the way back. When fucking Walt Disney was working with the FBI to force people off their land so they could build fucking Disney World. And I really wonder where that's going to go. Like, I've always been in favor of stripping Disney of that distinction. Like, it should not be its own town. Like, it should not be Lake Buena Vista. Yeah. It should not have its own utilities and its own fire. Like, no. Yeah, so ironically, I fucking side with Ron DeSantis on taking away Disney's privileges. Yeah, me too. But just for the, you know, opposite reasons that he wants to. Exactly. So, uh, Disney dies. Um, He does not live to see the opening day of Disney World, his Florida project. Um, Epcot was shelved. uh, And... And the rest is history. They did not build the town in Epcot. No, they did name one of their theme parks Epcot in in his his honor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like, let's focus on roller coasters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, not this. Maybe we can let you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, we Walt Disney was a brilliant guy. We can all we can all admit that. But we, maybe let's not get in the fucking city building business yet. Yeah. So lo and behold, 1994 comes around, and the company raises the Epcot idea from the grave. And they build what would become Celebration. Quote, the intentional community was an experiment in new urbanism, a neo-traditional planning movement that sought to return to early American small town life by designing compact, walkable cities with diverse housing options, mixed local business, and abundant public space. Now, see, in, in thought... A great fucking idea. That's I what we need more. more of. Like that is a walkable city with public transit, with mixed zoning, like where residents, yeah. residential and commercial buildings exist simultaneously. Yeah, it's great. Having That's lovely, having lived in walkable cities, although albeit expensive, expensive walkable cities, yeah. um, but walkable cities nonetheless. My entire adult life. Um, Every time I go to a place where I am completely car dependent, it makes me have this like weird feeling of like 
liminality, like stepping outside of myself and viewing myself from above, it makes me feel like depressed and like caged and yeah. and sad. It's new urbanism is a much better approach to uh, to building communities yeah. than like you know endless expanses of suburban sprawl. Yeah, and. I also, I'm a fan of new urbanism. When yeah. I learned the definition, I was like, okay, love that. Um, but I think that it starts with that seed of like, why are our cities and our suburbs so soulless? Let's try to figure out how to make cities actually work for us. Mm-hmm. But then I think that there's this other side of people who think that their ideas are somewhat like new urbanism and 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 those people are coming from this sort of like fear-based place of you know in response to the mid 90s and the like kind the of crime crack wave and yeah like, crime yeah. wave crack epidemic and like the subsequent sort of decline of inner cities across America mm-hmm. and which had been going urban on decay for like a couple yeah. of decades yeah yeah and i think like that caused because of White flight. Yeah. And well, redlining. Exactly. And then more white flight after that mm-hmm. because then like scaredy cat, middle class Americans, whatever, yeah. like move away from cities in droves. Right. And the the traditional suburb setup yeah. um, was failing them. They were realizing, mm-hmm. you know, people, people felt isolated. They felt alienated. Mm-hmm. They felt what you were feeling when you just described yeah, exactly. it at living in a car dependent, like Malaise. wasteland. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think people turned to new urbanism for the practicalities of like the way our suburbs are designed are mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not working, yeah. but also for this nostalgia factor, which is the dangerous part of it, right? Like, right. Well, this nostalgia factor is like is very particular to Disney, I would say, and also mm-hmm. the way that you it's could, the thing that like Disney traffics in nostalgia, yeah, exactly. Like, and the the way that you could divide this, I guess, is like the the major difference here being that like new urbanism, if done by a like local planning committee by citizens of a town is much different than um, new urbanism done by a central corporate figure, which rules over and controls everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and they say, quote, the heirs to the Disney empire were designing the place where Walt wished he'd grown up. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Not even where Walt grew up, but a step more fantasized than that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. This stuff never existed. It's like they wanted to build something that was reminiscent of the past, but the past they imagine is just that. It's imaginary. It never happened. Yeah. Never happened. You want to think that your fucking ancestors were living in like Mark Twain America. Guess what? The actual fucking Disney ride that best represents the way your ancestors were living is the fucking Country Bear Jamboree. That's what your ancestors <laughs> look like. You know what yeah. I mean? That's who they were. You weren't living in Main Street, USA, and neither were they, like, walking around in, like, what's the one from Wallet? Fucking um, Hello, Dolly, where they're all walking around in, like, pinstripe suits with, like, those, you know, (laughs) boater boater hats hats and the fucking, yeah, yeah, ribbon around it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, it never happened. That's not what America looked like. It looked like a bunch of fucking, like, the streets were made out of mud and fucking everybody had hookworm. It was (laughs) fucked up back then. No, for real. Um... And the middle class didn't exist. There was no middle class. You yeah. know, anyway, I'm sorry. 
Please continue. Well, I, speaking of class, I tried to look up what the median housing prices were in 1996 when it opened, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it anywhere. If anyone can find those statistics, like, please send them our way. I'm yeah, so let me curious. Know. But I think it's safe to say that this was an upper middle class community yeah. designed to appeal to the upper middle class, right? Yeah. So mistakes were made, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Do tell. Which makes it less tragic and and just funnier, honestly, to yeah. just remind you that like these people bought their homes at a premium. They were yeah. doing fine, these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, early on, there was a series of car accidents involving a retention pond adjacent to World Drive. What? Um, which required the addition of like more safety structures. Basically, dozens of people in cars drove into this retention pond. Oh my gosh. And it just kept happening. Jesus Christ. Crazy. Um, it just kept happening. Like, like what, at night? Like there was no fucking of, barrier yeah. and so they would just take forget to take the curve and yeah. just drive straight into the pond? Yes. Jesus. Yeah. But it's like thematic, you know? Which, like, by the way, the I'll remind our listeners, every time we're in Florida, Kelsey and reminds me, you see all these retention ponds, which they're fucking everywhere in Florida. Yeah. Um, they're all full of alligators. Full. So people were just barreling their cars straight into a fucking freshwater body full of alligators. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So also, Disney attempted numerous efforts to encourage economic and ethnic diversity among residents in the early days and mm-hmm. it's like a fake attempt i'm sure mm-hmm. but the company you know they kind of it's weird because it seemed like they wanted to have this sort of like white utopia but then they're like it's the 90s they're like ooh, like people it looks kind of bad now like yeah, you yeah. know yeah um so they placed advertisements in newspapers and magazines that catered mm-hmm. to african-american demographics like okay what ebony mag I, I don't even know what those are but yeah. okay sure um and they they printed brochures just like Story Living by Disney that right. featured racial minorities uh-huh. um, to try to to try to be like, look, like black people do live here. Like it's they're on the brochure. So like, right. come, come on in. You won't be the only black person. I promise <laughs> they w- were and would well, of be. Of course they were. Um, yeah. Because, you know, broadly speaking, if you're just going to shoot out this message to upper middle class America, hey, come live at Disney World. Who's it going to be? It's going to be fucking... It's going to be pathetic white folks it is. that it want is. to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, so by 2000, so four years after yeah. they initiated the project, um, it was revealed that the racial makeup of the community was uh, 92% white. Yeah, And obviously. the surrounding population of the county, of Osceola County, uh-huh. is 59% white. So right. drastically different. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Duh. So another mistake was made with the Celebration School. Which okay, you were excited to hear about. about. Yeah. Um, so there was a school. <laughs> it was, you know, it was supposed to be like progressive and cutting edge. And like, yeah. you know, they were like, we're going to build this awesome school because it's, it's on Disney property. And um, it went so off the rails that I want like a full report on how all of this went down. But basically they decided that instead of traditional classrooms, uh, made up of, you know, like maybe 25 to 30 students and one uh-huh. teacher. The celebration classes would be 80 kids. What? From various grades. What? And three teachers. What? 
Like and, all in the same room? Yes. Wh- huh? And apparently the school issued no homework and no grades. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is a prime example of like conservatives being obsessed with progress, right? Like they're simultaneously trying to return to like the one, one room, room schoolhouse. Schoolhouse. Yeah. yeah, of fucking early rural America. And like create this weird fucking progressive New school thing where, where there's like, no we don't homework. Do grades. Yeah. Okay. So imagine you grow up in Celebration, Florida. Everywhere there are there's Muzak being pumped <laughs> oh from speakers. God. Um you litter every house looks the same and must maintain like strict guidelines. Every business you go to, every restaurant you go to is owned by the same company and they all have Disney employees working for them and everyone smiles real big. Now you go to school, but it's you don't go to regular school. <laughs> you go to a school that has no homework, no grades. You go to you all get mixed together and there's three <laughs> teachers and 80 of you all in one room together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, doesn't it seem like somebody's trying to raise you to be a fucking moron. Yeah, like a mush-brained An idiot. absolute An mush-brained adult head. fucking dipshit whose purpose is to... Consume. Let's guess. Yeah, fucking yeah. go to Disney products. and consume products. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so um, some parents were so disheartened that because... <sighs> That was the only school then that you were zoned for. So if you didn't want to put your kids in private school, they had to move away. So like there was a lot of families who sold their homes right away after like the first semester of that school and moved. Yeah, The school principal quit within the first year, followed by a quarter of his staff. It's a disaster. It's a A fucking disaster. Also, I found a tidbit that apparently the school teachers prepared report cards that were said to be incredibly detailed. So no grades and no no homework, uh-huh. but an incredibly detailed report card that included blow by blow details and heated criticism for each child. What? <laughs> like what the fuck man? apparently the 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 uh, report cards were just like an absolute stream of consciousness about how much they hate your child oh my god and like all these really weird things that they find wrong with your child Wow. so like at the same time there's no grades so there's no ability there's no even possibility to excel in any way in this school um but your your teacher's job is essentially to sort of like break you down and criticize (laughs) you I mean, I mean, let's think about what they're trying to do there. It kind of seems like they're trying to make these kids like gaslighting victims. You know I what know, I mean? It's like so weird. the teachers have utter control and like they <laughs> constantly criticize them and like break their personality down. Um, but there's no way that they can appease them because there's no there's nothing objective they can do. It's just the the teacher's subjective opinion about like what kind of person they are. Yes. So yes. like the teachers who are Disney employees, by the way, um, become these like gods, powerful. Yeah, yeah, beings, yeah. So the movie another theater, way to crush their spirits and brains into being consumers. True, true. The movie theater also failed. How can a movie, the movie theater, theater fail on Disney property? That's so confusing. I literally don't. Well, know. I'll tell you why. Please. Quote: A Quentin Tarantino movie wasn't going to show up there. Yeah. If a violent movie or horror movie was the big release that weekend, it wasn't coming to celebration. Yeah. So AMC could not put in the most profitable movie in that theater every week. 
The theater never turned a profit. And it was just a question mark of how much did we lose that month. Oh, my God, dude. So they refused to, like, screen our movie, R-rated movies. They refused to screen, I think, a bunch of PG-13 if it had, like, extensive gore or yeah. sexual content, which was every popular movie and still is. Yeah, of course. So the fucking movie theater never turned a profit yeah. and it closed early on and it's been closed for 12 years. They've <laughs> never reopened the movie theater. Oh my God. Did dude. it to themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I, again, this, I, I blame, I blame the conserv the inherent conservatism yeah. at the heart of Disney. You know, like we, oh, we can't show, you know transgressive like well, even like, it's like slightly upsetting imagery where conservatism meets capitalism though it's like it's a capitalist failure yeah that your movie theater so can't to be so conservative exactly exactly yeah yeah so then baby's first murder 2010 oh, yes so they'd been around for 14 years mm -hmm. then yeah wow yeah. okay um so after 14 years, uh -huh. um, Celebration resident Matteo Patrick Giovandito was found strangled and bludgeoned to death nice. in his bed inside of his apartment that he shared with his chihuahua. Oh, my God. A transient man, David Israel Murillo, received a life sentence for the murder of Giovandito. There's no fucking way. It's never a transient man. But this is so fucking Funny, of course they blamed a transient man. How the fuck, first of all, explain to me how a transient man shows up in fucking celebration. I'll tell you. Okay, please. So the transient man was invited to Giovandito's house. Okay. Um, he then asked the transient man to wash his car naked for money. Oh, shit. Okay. And then he tried to rape him. Oh, so it was a self-defense type of situation? And Mario then strangled the teacher before hacking him with an axe that he found in the guy's cupboard. Fucking A. His this own is, axe. This was some Florida shit. Um, apparently See, this guy- try and keep Florida out. Out, and they can't, and they can't. Florida gets in through the cracks, baby. Apparently this guy was a school teacher- who was posthumously accused of being a pedophile oh. and who had sexually abused several boys while, quote, acting as their mentor. Not very celebration of him. No. And or then he invited a homeless guy over and tried to rape him. And uh, you don't win in that situation. Or Let me maybe tell you it that. is very celebration of him because I tend to find, like, in these conservative, like, mental landscapes, because mm. what you're trying to be and what you project is so like weird and anodyne and like you know upright and moral that there's got to be if that's your day-to-day -day existence and that's what you're clutching and clinging to as hard as you can there's your got animal to be instincts have to seep out horrible, some horrible darkness shit going on underneath yeah. horrible awful darkness mm -hmm. somewhere in there and so that makes sense why all the fucking you know that's why all the like you know fundamentalist Preachers get caught like Diddling fucking boys seventeen year old boys yeah. and like yeah, doing cocaine with them and like yeah, you know, 
I don't need to say anything more about <laughs> no. that. But but this was maybe one of the responses to this first celebration murder that I thought was interesting. Quote, one murder in 14 years? Where can you go in this entire planet and find this type of statistic? <laughs> Tell me, says Jody Myers, who lives on the same street as Gio Vendito's apartment. A literal fake place. Which is where you live, sweetie. Yep, exactly. Um, she's a real estate agent selling homes in celebration. Of course she is. And of thinks that the, the murder is good for this town's reputation because it alerts everyone that there's only been one murder in 14 years. Think she about- says, a couple of days after the murder, a guy from New York called me and he said he saw it on the TV news and he said, that's a great little town. One murder in 14 years. That's a damn good record. I'm buying a condo down there. She's like, <laughs> Think about how annoying real estate agents are in in like just day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And then imagine one that only sells properties in Celebration, Florida. They probably can't get more annoying than that. That I think that might be the most annoying person on the planet. Yeah. So like a person with a completely fake personality fits <laughs> right in in a fake fucking place like Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, days later, mm-hmm. after the bludgeoning, yeah. a resident made national headlines following a 14-hour standoff with police Oh shit! that ended when he shot at a police officer and then shot himself. Just a suicidal Su- resident. A fucking suicide by cop like yeah. a day later? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And since See, Florida's seeping in. I know. There's a hole and then Florida starts to flood in. First, Florida starts sucking cars into the depths yeah, of, of the fucking alligator poor. pond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now this. And since then, there's been two family annihilations. Now, yes. that's a statistic for you. Yes. Tr- look up your neighborhood and see how many family annihilations there's been. Yeah, right. I'm willing to bet it's not two in recorded history, okay? That's extremely rare. Yeah, exactly. And yet, in celebration, we have two family men uh, deciding to murder and massacre their entire families they always save the dog though see that's the type of crime that i would expect in a place like this it's just like because look at it it's so their mind it's an utter rejection of reality like the shining (laughs) yeah exactly it is like the shining it's like being trapped in your own personal overlook hotel it's just a complete rejection of the the world around you and so like like we were saying, like that the animal instincts have to seep through the cracks and like you can only pretend not to be real for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. Please. And I sort of wanted to just read you an article. Yeah, go for um, it. Um, like the entire article. So let's have a reading series. <laughs> yeah. Let's do I hope it. you guys like it. So this is um it's an article called Celebration Florida, how Disney's community of tomorrow became a total nightmare. When Cookie Kelly just Cookie let Kelly? that name sink in. Cookie Kelly first heard about Celebration Florida, Walt Disney's master-planned town just a stone's throw from Magic Kingdom. She was drawn to it like Pinocchio to Pleasure Island. (laughs) The highly (laughs) municipal-coded hamlet built in 1995 to look like 1955 was billed as an anecdote to... God damn it. You never get that word right. I love it. It gives me so much pleasure to hear you say (laughs) anecdote. (laughs) Antidote. It's antidote. Antidote. It sounds like British or something. I don't know. I can't get it. Um, to the chain-ridden Ooh, sprawl of suburban English. America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 
In celebration, there was no fast casual franchises, no hulking commercial trucks, no visual reminders of poverty. Every exactly. lawn was cut to code. Every yep. fence was freshly painted. The local school is basically Summer Hill. Well, I mean, not for long. Yeah. Um, was litter. it, side note, what? Was what school was it? We were at the Austin Film Festival with our movie. Mm-hmm. And we were talking to some, like, some union rep who, like, recently moved upstate. Because uh, we were, like, chatting about our wedding and how it was, like, upstate and it was really nice and stuff. The Waldorf school. Yeah. She was talking about how her kids go to public school, but, like, she lives around a bunch of people whose kids all go to the Waldorf school, which is, like, one of these, like, really, like, prestigious, expensive, new age academies. Mm-hmm. And they kind of sort of had the same, like, you know, quote, unquote, progressive philosophies that the... The Disney school was trying to instill. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, none of those fucking kids can read. Like, so she literally, literally said like, that and she wasn't joking. She wasn't joking. I was so, like, ah, I actually joked back to her. I was like, oh, my man, yeah. <laughs> well, like, they're not teaching them much, I guess. Like, making right. them work in that co-op or whatever. And, and she, she was, was like, like, no, seriously. They no, all come like, over to our house to, like, copy <laughs> our fucking kids' homework because our kids know how to read. Like, it's fucking crazy. Oh. <laughs> so apparently the fucking celebration kids didn't know how to read either. No. Litter had a lifespan of 15 seconds. Buildings from the post office to the movie theater were designed by the best 1980s architects. I was completely a goner, Kelly said. I came down, it gave me a mimosa, sat me outside, and I said, where do I sign? Oh my God. In 1998, Cookie Cookie Kelly and her husband. Another thing I'll say about Mm -hmm. celebration, just one more thing that I'll say. You're still in Orlando. You're still not on the beach. That fact cannot be a This is no dream of Florida. No. You are in the middle of fucking Florida, which is one of the weirdest places to be in the world. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Um, Cookie Kelly and her husband built a house in celebration. Five feet tall with heels on. Kelly took took a job as a cast member, as all Disney employees oh are God, called. Oh my God, she's Tinkerbell. She's going to tell you what she is. Okay. Playing characters at the parks. Per company policy, Kelly isn't supposed to specify who she played. Quote, let's just say I'm a good friend of Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Disney. I mean, Daisy. She said, <laughs> that's Disney code. Okay. I think she's telling you she played Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy. Oh, she's a... I see, I see, I yeah. see. Yeah, Tinkerbell a is actually a, a tiny bit um, taller than the, the Mickey Mouse. Is that so? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they... I guess they're people, but they're mice. It's usually like a Honduran lady in there. <laughs> <laughs> they are mice. Sorry. Um, wow. A woman named Cookie who lives in Celebration mm-hmm. and works as a character in the Disney parks... Yeah, I'm already scared. This is the beginning of a horror movie as far I'm as I'm just, concerned. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just imagining how anesthetized do you, I keep using that word, but like what kind of life do you live? Anyway. Yeah. Please continue. Um, per comp, oh, uh, 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 the company loved Celebration so much, they kept buying new houses there, fixing them up and moving again. <laughs> Typical flippers. Um, eventually, Kelly started selling Celebration real estate herself. Oh, my God. I wanted people to get it, she said. I didn't want people coming to Celebration, particularly at that time, and going, oh, this is cute. This is not cute. This is a fucking miracle. Just silently staring. But in 2016, when Kelly started a blog about Celebration called Cookie Kelly Blog, 
super original. Oh my god, this is the type of this is the caliber of lady we're talking about. There's so many no things offense. you can do that with the name. That was a mean cookie. thing to say. It was a mean thing to say, but like, come on. Yeah. Uh, she wanted readers to get something else. Things in town had changed. The cracks in Celebration's utopian facade had been evident for years. There were major segregation issues. The school, which segregation between who? No, no, I'm just black families. No, I think what they're saying is no black people lived there or Hispanic people. (laughs) So So it's essentially a segregated community. Exclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) God Um, damn. Well, I think that the school. I think in Florida schools, if I remember correctly. you have to have a certain number of like certain races. So if your school doesn't naturally hit that, you have to bus kids in. Right. So right. maybe they were like busing kids in and then those kids were being like bullied. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, That's pure speculation. But sure. it could happen. The school, which didn't assign homework, grades, or even books, was losing students by the dozen. Yeah. Dozens. The recession had bankrupt local businesses and pushed homes to foreclosure. And in one brutal week of 2010, the town experienced its first murder, followed by a police shootout with another man who barricaded himself in his house for 14 hours and shot himself in the head. Yeah. So Those miracle. Those were bad. But Kelly had a different concern, specifically that in 2004... Three black people moved <laughs> Disney had sold Celebration's business sector called Town Center to a private firm called Lexin Capital, run by a New York City real estate developer named Metin Negrin, who had Kelly and a subsequent lawsuit from the town's residents alleged let the place fall to pieces and start bleeding the residents dry. In 2016, that's the town center, what, that's, that's what capital what firms do. Capital firms do, yeah. do exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of their business model. In 2016, to the town center residents dry. sued Lexin, alleging chronic negligence, mm-hmm. breach of fiduciary duty, and damages of $15 million to $20 million. They claimed the firm had refinanced the place twice, zapped it of its equity, mm-hmm. failed to keep track of monthly condo maintenance dues, mm-hmm. and left buildings to rot, leak, and collapse around the homeowners inside. Yes. Negrin denies any structural collapse. In a transcript of the town meeting submitted to the court, one resident, an, as- an asthmatic, described thick black mold stretching from the ceiling to floor in his closet. Oh, great. His suitcase had grown so rickety. Or, sorry, suitcase. His staircase had grown so rickety and had to be closed off. Another complained that after reporting a leak for six straight years, six years, his condo had become uninhabitable, forcing him to move out. Yeah, this is insane. A third, the mother of three small girls, said her building often swayed beneath her feet. (laughs) Why, she said? Because the building leaked since 2008. Uh The water had disintegrated the building, causing mold. The termites have come and gone. There's literally nothing left for them to eat. Oh my God, that's fucking insane. Nearly four years later, the two sides are still in battle and barely closer to resolution. What, the citizens of Celebration versus this fucking Lexin Lexin guy? Mm -hmm. The firm has denied the charges in court, alleging that the the residents mismanaged their money and owe the firm millions of dollars for repairs. Oh my God. (laughs) This is like, this is is just it. This is when Disney can't bleed you dry enough, they sell you to people like this. I know. You know what I mean? 
like these people literally should i mean i'm no i'm no you know political radical but you hear about shit like this and you go like okay it these people should be rounded up and put like in zoos you know what i mean people who work for capital firms and do shit like this too i mean i don't even care if it's celebration florida these are people in a community that need houses that don't fall apart they need fucking grocery stores and functioning schools and you you literally i mean you do everything in your power you not only fucking suck all the money out of those things and make sure that they function at like at the absolute bare minimum yeah. so that the fucking community's falling apart. You tell them that they owe you, you millions money. of dollars for the privilege. <laughs> I know. I mean, these people should be fucking... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> I think it's illegal to say that. <laughs> we're, we're, but this is a joke. We're yeah, exactly. In a video game... It anyway. says, um, the case has grown into an expansive Jarndyce versus Jarndyce scale battle. I Listen. I have no idea what that means. That goes over my head. Yeah. Ownership, neglect, and the right to fix a roof. In January, the two will face off for a hearing, and without a decisive judgment, they're set for trial in November of next year. The first celebration we'll have ever have had. <laughs> we'll ever have had. Quote, without overdoing the fairy tale metaphor, Kelly wrote in her first blog post, don't Kelly, don't do it. We find ourselves stunned awake, Rip Van Winkle-esque, abandoned by the Disney brand, abandoned by (gasps) Disney attorneys and their well-crafted clauses. The visible effects of neglect and mismanagement are displayed in the decay and disarray, rotting beams and mold, leaking roofs, the plummeting value of our homes. I mean, the fact that she, even Cookie, is self-aware enough to understand that the fantasy was never real. Yeah. And that when you wake up to the reality, you understand that Disney is not your friend, nor are they your um, paternal, like, overseer and, like, mentor and helper. Yep. Um, They are a disgusting corporation run by people whose job it is to suck money away from you and keep it for themselves so that they can continue to do so like it they'll sell you away to lexan fucking capital who again i say should all be put into a zoo so that we can observe their like they're they're like ants inhuman like behavior yeah exactly um they'll sell you away to these fucking people the minute you stop making them money Like, the minute you pose the slightest problem, that's where you go. It says, the town also attracted skepticism. Celebration came to represent a loaded nostalgia for the very kind of specific America, a place so pure it might have never existed, or if it did, only to a privileged few. Exactly. The architecture drew cries of inauthenticity, a a shallow signifier of good design, Others found the place eerily spotless, like a set for the Stepford Wives or Edward Scissorhands. I mean, they pumped fucking Muzak out from the trees. What do you? What else do you need to know? Creepy was a common refrain. A Gizmodo article about that creepiness chronicled the media obsession from which this article is not absolved, nor this podcast, Core. in documenting Celebration's crash course with crime, human error, and general mediocrity. Yeah. Quote, Pixie Dust loses magic as foreclosures slam utopian Disney town, reported Mm -hmm. Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. 
There was something suspect, the article argued, about anything that sold itself as perfect. It implied a hidden dark side lurking beneath each Arcadian-inspired front porch. Exactly Advocates argued, as designer Michael Beirut put in a defensive celebration, that nostalgia was merely a Trojan horse to deliver the radical planning ideas. Small lots, mixed-use, limited parking. Radical, quote-unquote. Mm. And then again, like, you know, the failures of this community, which can be fully and entirely attributed to the Disney, Disney Corporation, Corporation and its central, like, centrality of its government over mm. this town... Um, are misattributed by other fucking, you know, capitalists as being uh, radical urban planning that yeah, failed. Yeah, yeah. It's not the fucking not. urban planning. It's the fact that it was all owned by one company that sold it away to Lexan Capital at the fucking drop of a hat when it started bleeding pennies. Yeah. The fact is, if you're going to build a utopia, it's going to cost money and it's going to keep costing money. Capitalism is a system that sucks money out of things and buries it away. It's not utopian. So you can't have a fucking capitalist utopia. It's just not going to work. You know what I'm saying? It's, you're not, I mean, utopia, however you define it, it's a fucking ideal. It's not a thing that exists on this plane, which is why um, all of a sudden you get, you know, once you get one murder, you get a couple of fucking family annihilations and a suicide by cop immediately afterwards because you've been pretending to live in a fantasy world for so long that you cannot you can no longer deny your your need for blood <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but like i'm just saying like the the fact that this is run by a corporation it's a corporate entity yeah. it's made to make money it's not made for anything else you can't build a fucking utopia with that purpose because it's not a human purpose utopia is a human it's a human enterprise it's we're trying to create the best world for all of us to live in. But guess what? That's at a fundamental odds with a capitalist enterprise. The capitalist enterprise is there to make money. It's like an ant. It's like a reptile. It looks at you. It does not see a friend or a companion or something that's worthwhile. It sees a source of more energy from which to suck. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that like if you built it with a like under communism then then celebration would work obviously that would fucking fail too because you know you have to get resources from somewhere but like it, it's just it boggles my mind that anybody thought that you could really make utopia and not just a functioning city that's gonna have problems yeah but yeah. they staved off the problems for so fucking long until the minute that it started not to be profitable, and then they and dropped then I just it. sold it. Guess yep. what? Now you get all the problems. Yeah. In the mid-1980s, Metin Negrin, a Turkish econ student at New York University's Stern School of Business, found himself in a situation similar to most college kids, strapped for cash. I doubt that. To help pay his bills at NYU. At NYU shut the fuck Stern up. Stern School okay, of Business. Okay, a foreign student studying at NYU. Nothing screams international wealth yeah <laughs> nothing screams like i come from family money like yeah. that no offense to help pay, pay his bills negrin and a fan and a friend co-founded a company their profession of choice painting houses okay the house painting business was tough low pay lots of labor i'm sure they weren't doing the actual labor um but according to a turk of america article 
naming Negrin among 50 most influential Turkish Americans in 2014, the student, quote, soon met the power of marketing. Negrin, realizing a designer sign, wow, sorry, designer sounding name would better appeal to NYC clients, decided to name his company Le Painter. Le Painter? I mean, this is ridiculous. This is fucking crazy. Okay. It sounds like, first of all, the most obvious shit I've ever heard of. Oh, let's name our something, our our company something aspirational because our our customers are wealthy and they like aspirational aesthetics. That's basic. Quote unquote aspirational. That's not a revelation. It's fucking stupid. It's like. And then you name it something god awful like Le Painter. Well, I mean, if wealthy people were really using them, then it goes to show you that they don't have any fucking taste. taste anyway. That's always That's been true. true. I want my house painter to be genuinely wearing Carhartt, and I want his company to be called like McKittrick and Sons LLC. LLC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay. When Negrin later began working in real estate. <laughs> His work followed a similar pattern, selling low-value assets at a markup. Sorry, I just have to pause one more time. In order to attempt to become a corporate landlord in New York City, you have to be a shark-eyed, bloodless freak. These people are not operating in the same feeling way (laughs) that you and I are. They are absolute demons. They're the true reptiles. Corporate landlords in New York City. I cannot think of a more demonic group of people. That's all I got to say. The pedophiles who buy their corporate real estate from them. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Um, According to LaSalle Investment Management, according to Turk of America, his major contribution was convincing the Revolution Trust Corporation, a government entity that reclaimed money from bankrupt people by selling their land and belongings oh yeah to offer shares in the repossessed property to private partners they didn't say he was one of the 50 most influential turks which way <laughs> right right you know what i mean later negrin teamed up with billionaire real estate developer and pioneer of the modern shopping mall concept a alfred taubman to start the Athena Group, another business that bought defaulted loans and properties and sold them at a markup. But in 2002, Taubman, who Negrin cites as his mentor, was convicted of a six-year price-fixing scheme, sentenced <sighs> to a year in prison, and fined a cool $7.5 million, plus the costs of his own incarceration. Ooh, that's kind of a cool punishment. It is a cool punishment, except for when you realize that it literally doesn't affect him at all. I know, it doesn't. $7.5 million to these people is literally just like, it's like something that you could leave in your coat and not even notice. <laughs> like how we left. find a $20 bill in our coat sometimes. Twi- like, oh. You find $20 bills in your coat? I just did recently. Damn, that's awesome. I know. I think it was from Christmas. Anyway. Um, that same year, Negrin decided to leave... Athena Group, and start his own business. He called it Lexum Capital. When Negrin, now a trim middle-aged man who resembles Nathan Fielder, okay, okay, arrived in celebration, he didn't stray far from the private equity playbook. He inked the deal with Disney in January of 2004, buying Town Center for approximately $22 million, according to sources familiar with the sales documents. Jeez, Immediately that's not that after, much considering really they built not. it for $2.5 no. billion. 
Negrin set up a series of business entities, all with confusingly similar names, Lexon Capital, Lexon Celebration, LLC, Lexon Celebration Commercial, LLC, Lexon Capital, Lexon Realty, LLC. All had stakes in downtown. He's doing the Scientology playbook. Literally. And the Disney playbook. Mm-hmm. In May of 2005, according to documents, Lexon Celebration Commercial secured a promissory note with Greenwich Capital Financial Products refinancing the town and pulling out $23 million in equity. Lexon also established something called the Town Center Foundation. It was a master association to oversee the entire downtown. It was also a clever piece of legal maneuvering. They had acquired 21 buildings in celebration. Nine of them were commercial buildings filled with high-end shops and restaurants. Two were residential and 10 were mixed use, meaning they contained both stores and apartments. Lexon converted all the apartments to condominiums and sold them off for approximately $20 million, according to sources familiar. In total, there were 105 units, enough space for around 350 residents who moved in shortly after. But when Lexon formed the foundation, they filed it in accordance with a Florida law statute 617, meaning it operated as a corporate nonprofit, not a homeowners association, even though it was legally overseeing 105 homes. Again, Negrin maintains this is not who, an unusual what, move. What kind of person thinks of something like that? Yeah. What kind of person goes like, "Oh, this is what I'll do." Yeah. You know what I mean? The homeowners a savvy had businessmen. Yeah. Uh, and what else? <laughs> the homeowners had their own organization, the Town Center Condominium Association, but mm. the foundation, run by a board of three Lexon employees, held the majority power and could pass measures unanimously without consulting residents. Literally, yes. Making you subject <laughs> to whatever the fuck they want. At first... Which, by the way, is your blood. Kelly said, no one noticed the red flags. They're a little yeah. slow, <laughs> these Disney noticed. people. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they were, you know, for years, like, one entity owned the entire thing, and they lived in sleepy, dilated. Yeah, I was just going to say, they, they live in sort of a dream haze. They got to go, huh. <sighs> yeah, now all of a sudden they've got, they ran away from all their problems, all of a sudden, looks like you got some fucking problems. Yeah. And they've lived for so long the other way that they're now no longer capable of, of dealing, dealing with, with problems. Yeah. yeah. Celebration's buildings were not exactly in peak condition. They'd been built by third-party contractors under a punishing time crunch. Shoddy craftsmanship was a running theme, though Disney was always aggressive on maintenance. Town center was spick and polished, Kelly said, but soon windows, walls, pipes, roofs, balconies, staircases, structural elements you've never even thought of started breaking down, and they stayed broken for years. The term is spick and span, by the way, not spick and polished. (laughs) Yeah, Girl. Cookie. Cookie. Watch it. I started to look back and I was like, why isn't this being done? They own this. This should matter to them. I was more naive in those days. <laughs> yeah. What has been the truth is that from the moment Metin Negrin bought this town, it was his golden ticket. He had no intention of doing anything other than maximizing his income and not putting a nickel into our town. Correct. Yeah. The lawsuit. When Laurel Rousseau, a mother and homeschool teacher, moved to Celebration in the fall of 2011, she didn't fit the bill of the average resident. For one, the former travel agent didn't care much about Disney. Mm -hmm. She lived there almost by chance. The year prior, Rousseau, her husband, and their kids uprooted their life in Maine and moved to New York City and then instantly regretted it. (laughs) Whoops. Desperate to leave their cramped uptown apartment, they followed Rousseau's father south. 
Celebration seemed like a reprieve from the monotonous sprawl of Central Florida. Again, she's trying to avoid the suburban sprawl. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, I guess, celebration. Mm-hmm. And post-recession, condos that once sold for $300,000 were going for $100,000. Mm-hmm. Rousseau bought a two-bedroom unit in town center. She mm-hmm. figured they would stay a little while, figure out their next move. It almost seemed, she recalled with audible irony, like a no-risk kind of thing. Yeah. As soon as they moved in, the roof's condo began, the roof's condo? The condo's roof began to leak. No big deal for Rousseau. Relieved to have left New York, she set about to get it fixed. She contacted the condo manager. The manager told her to talk to the town center foundation. When she reached out to the foundation, they didn't respond. Rousseau was confused. How did you get things fixed around here? She couldn't fix it herself because of the peculiarities of the celebration condominium law. Yeah. The residents own only the interior of their units. (laughs) (laughs) Anything inside they can change. Anything else, anything structural, like say a roof, they cannot touch without owner approval. So this was a, ostensibly this is an artifact of Disney's like, you know, fucking tight control over the only thing that actually matters to Disney, which is the appearance of stuff on the outside. Yeah, so this is Disney's touch that you couldn't you couldn't affect the appearance of the buildings at all. That was Disney's, like, what do you call it, um, atelier? Mm. That's Disney's like unique vision, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to change it. You only own the inside of your condo. But then they sold it to Lexington Capital. The inside can rot as long as the outside is covered in pink frosting. Exactly. That's right. After some pestering. Or vice versa now. Yeah, now. Rousseau eventually got a response from Lexan, but not a solution. She started digging into public documents and contracts. She wrote to the celebration company, the Mm -hmm. Disney subsidiary still involved in some parts of the town. She joined the board of the Town Center Condominium Condominium Association. Eventually, she became its president. At this point, problems like Rousseau's were so widespread across Town Center. So much so that the Celebration Non-Residential Owners Association, a governing body still largely controlled by Disney, had begun tense negotiations with Lexan. But the homeowners were barred from those meetings. There was literally no information, she said. It was a dark black hole where they gave you the runaround until you went insane or gave up. Yep. Exactly. By 2014, Rousseau's roof was still leaking when the homeowners started to hear about something called a special assessment for building repairs. Mm -hmm. All the condo residents pay monthly dues or assessments to the foundation to cover expenses laid out in an annual budget. So like a a due or a homeowner's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A special assessment meant the money would come outside of the budget, i.e. they'd have to pay more. Yeah. The residents were concerned. Yes. They'd been paying assessments to the Town Center Foundation since 2005, approximately $26,000 each month total, according to Rousseau. And mm-hmm. where had that money gone? Right. Good question. <laughs> Near the end of the year, Rousseau and others started to see a man around town checking out windows, walls, and roofs. In early 2015, they learned the foundation had hired an architect named Dan Dixon to do an expe- inspection of the town center. Mm-hmm. Soon they began to see construction in certain parts of town. Not a lot. It was just two buildings. Mm -hmm. But it was a big change after 11 years of inaction and no repairs. Just complete (laughs) neglect. Yeah. Under other circumstances, the residents might have found this cause for a celebration. Instead, they were concerned. They had not seen any reports from Dixon's inspections. What work would need to be done? 
how much would it cost, and who would be paying. They suspected that Lexan had taken their money and planned to stiff them with the bill. They were also worried that the ongoing construction could destroy evidence that they would need to bring about a lawsuit. In April, that they're probably right on that one. Yeah, definitely. In April 2015, Rousseau and her neighbors' suspicion only deepened. That month, Negrin refinanced the town again, this time with Morgan Stanley, pulling out an additional $13 million in equity. Fucking A. Morgan Stanley? What year was this? 2014. 2014. Okay. Morgan Stanley back in the real estate business, baby. In February 2016, the tensions and much of the actual property reached a breaking point. Mm -hmm. Negrin called a meeting with the Town Center Foundation, invited all the residents, and announced his intent to charge the town... $4.1 $4.1 million. <laughs> the first uh-huh. of three such fees. Oh, sure. Um, to repair buildings in the town center. Great. And everyone's portion would be determined by their square footage. <laughs> For Rousseau, whose family lives in a two-bedroom condo and relies on a single income, yeah. that meant three payments of $30,000. Oh, my Nearly God. the cost of her condo. Oh, my God. This is insane. This is literally like... I mean, it's like a feudal, like, lord. She says, please understand that you we do no not... have no recourse. I know. The entire town is bought and paid for. Yeah. We do not want to walk away from our homes. But an assessment that could grow to a hundred grand each. If I had a hundred K in the bank account, I would not have bought a 200 K condo. Yeah, duh. Yeah. The outcry was so forceful, Negrin backed off the $4.1 million charge, but the meeting had confirmed residents' suspicions. The condo association, led by Rousseau, began digging for information. They hired their own architects to inspect the property and wanted permission to investigate the damaged sites. Their lawyers requested copies of Dixon's inspection report and all maintenance records. They wanted financial documents, a paper trail of where their money had gone, how it had been spent, what had been repaired... Show us the numbers, one resident said in a transcript submitted as discovery in this case. Show us numbers back to day one. The foundation granted some of their requests, but only after extensive back and forth documented in court records. Who's paying the like lawyer fees, I wonder? Good for question. The I don't know. I'm sure you could like shake this town and get yeah. enough money to yeah. like hire a legal firm. Only Rousseau was allowed to inspect the construction sites, not the experts. Oh, fucking great. Yeah. They only got a summary of the inspection report, not the full thing. The financials and maintenance records never came. Instead, the foundation countered with their own accusation that residents had mismanaged $222,000 in reserve funding from back in 2005, which they could have used for repairs. God. It's so sick. It's so sick, dude. In April 2016, after their requests were largely unanswered, the condo association delivered on a long-standing threat. They sued. Mm-hmm. In the complaint, the condo association asserted 12 charges of chronic negligence and breach of fiduci- fiduciary duty, mm-hmm. resulting in 15 to $20 million in damages. At first, the resident's primary goal in the lawsuit was to obtain records and access to the construction sites for the inspectors. But over time, the case grew into a distinctly American dispute over what the condo association argues was a subtle form of taxation without representation. Sure, yeah. During discovery for the case, the condo owners learned that the foundation, which could pass measures without telling residents, had wielded that power more often than they thought. According to documents that residents later filed for the court, in January 2015, Negrin loaned the foundation 
$90,000 to pay for repairs, effectively loaning money to a board staffed by his employees. Yeah. By December 2017, Negrin had increased that loan to more than $2 million. The residents Jesus still had no Christ, idea. Dude. When the loan came up in discovery, Negrin revealed that the residents would have to repay that loan with interest. Yes. <laughs> beginning January yes. 1st, 2020. See, and this is the fundamental, fundamental flaw. Um, that was there from the very beginning. It's what happens when this new urbanism is done by a corporation. Because it doesn't matter how like highly the corporation regards themselves or like how nice they appear to an outside observer or whatever, you know, or to whatever anesthetized dipshit actually wanted to move to celebration in the first place. Um, eventually, this shit is going to happen. You can't run for mayor of celebration. There's no fucking yeah. city council for celebration. It is not governed by the citizens. It's not a democracy. It is a fucking autocracy that is owned by a corporation. So then all of a sudden you can do shit like this, like unknowingly give a loan <laughs> to your own board of directors that's functioning in what you in quotation marks on behalf of the town. Yeah. And then charge the residents of the town for the loan that you gave to your employees that they had no fucking prior knowledge of. Yeah. When Disney first laid out his plan for the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, he painted it as a model of American capitalism. Yeah. Quote, Epcot will always be a showcase to the world, Disney said, for the ingenuity and imagination of American free enterprise. In a sense, it always has been. A corporate-built town constructed too quickly and too cheaply, sold off to unsuspecting owners under the guise of utopia while nurturing the same social issues that exist everywhere else. Yeah. These past few years, as real estate developers eat up neighborhoods and private equity shutters, sports websites, hospitals, and big box retailers across the company country <laughs> hilarious. Um, the imagination of American free enterprise is merely entered a new phase. Yeah. As town center residents battle their new corporate landlords, Celebration is still keeping Disney's dream alive, just perhaps not the way he hoped. <laughs> the, because of the dream, uh, at just like everything else that this man touched or created in his life, was a fantasy of something beautiful that covered a deep, dark, ugly reality. Yeah. That's the tale of Celebration Florida. Mm-hmm. And they're trying it again, folks. <laughs> so I have to I have to make mm -hmm. mention of something that I saw on this website. I yeah. did a little clicking, by the way, for the story living in California. Now, I told you they were building in Palm Springs, right? Mm-hmm. There's an illustration of what's going to be at the center of this little planned community, which is like a giant reservoir of, like, crystal clear water. It's like a giant man-made pool basically with like palm trees all around it Ew. and islands and apparently you'll be able to go like kayaking and paddle boarding in it Ew, but i'd like palm to remind Springs? you i'd like to remind you this is in the middle of the coachella valley which is the fucking desert ostensibly what this means is that they are going to suck millions of gallons of desperately needed water 
from the surrounding God. area and pump it into a fucking lake oh where people God. can go paddle boarding. Oh, that makes me so sick to my stomach. They like, did my not learn. Is actually they starting learned to close up right now. Nothing. They, they learned, learned nothing. fucking nothing. Wow. All of this is in defiance of God. Ooh. All of it. Sorry, I have to read a little like blurb from yeah. our website. Um, a living painting. For centuries, humanity has been drawn to the sands, mountains, springs, and valleys of the greater Palm Springs area. Its unique climate, which is fucking <laughs> uninhabitable, diverse flora and fauna, again, the lizards that I was talking about that the, the Indians used to eat before, like, before people showed up and learned how to fucking put a, a golf course in the middle of the desert, um, and boundless beauty. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it looks like a, when you're outside of Palm Springs, it looks like a cracked, barren, like volcanic landscape. It literally looks like... It looks like bombed out. It looks like Mars. Yeah. Um, have inspired generations of makers from original inhabitant Kawia basket weavers and oh, storytellers yeah, to contemporary artists and innovators, all for good reason. The many colors of this natural wonderland surprise first-time huh. visitors Brown, with tan, buff, vivid beige. greens, nope. liquid blues, and dynamic reds and yellows, uh. bringing unexpected life to the ruddy cocoa tones that frame the landscape in grandeur. Now, inspired by both the landscape and its history, the unique magic of the region has been combined with the imagination of Disney to make something new. Cotino, trademark sign. A story living by Disney trademark sign. Community. This brilliant living painting is not only fueled by its own dynamic energy, but empowers all who live here, creating a vibrant atmosphere that encourages residents to keep dreaming and keep doing. So this is, I mean, this really is it. You know what I mean? In this fucking climate crisis, the world keeps getting hotter. Which, by the way, Palm Springs is no exception to that. It keeps getting fucking hotter and hotter in Palm Springs. Pretty soon we're going to be seeing like 130 degree days. Um, and in the middle of the most massive drought California has ever seen, Disney's going to fucking build a lake for paddleboarding in the middle of this fucking suburban community and plant a bunch of palm trees all around. Because who, why fucking not? And put a bunch of, probably put a whole bunch of grass in the goddamn ecosystem, which needs to be kept alive by goddamn sprinklers, again in the middle of the largest drought in California history. <laughs> so, um, let's just say, if there's anything we've learned, we cannot trust visions of the future, especially when it comes to urban planning and, like, civics uh, to corporations, and especially not to fucking Disney Corporation, the practice of whose business is creating empty fantasies that crumble in your hands when you try to hold them. Just like the crusted sand between their fingers of Palm Springs. The cracked, barren earth <laughs> that should be where Palm Springs sits. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for listening to the Florida Woman Podcast. Yeah. We love you all, uh, and we'll be back next week. With Follow us on Instagram at floridawoman.pod. Um, you can send us your Florida stories at floridawoman.pod at gmail. I think that's our email address. Yeah. And you can also help support us. We do this all for free on Patreon. Um, and that's just search Florida Woman Pod on Patreon, right? Awesome. Thanks, guys. We love you so much. We really, really appreciate 
all of our listeners. Show this to a friend, maybe. Give us a like, a, a rating, a review. Um, we love you so, so much. Thank you so much. Stay wet, stay hot. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>